Okay. The people join. Let me grab the. So yeah, like uh, you're driving. How is the uh, like? What all did you stop? Like when you were stopping and seeing things. What what all did you? Uh, what were the uh, stops on the road? Uh, I picked up Reed Coverdale in Utah, or we not picked up, but we drove separately uh, through the Grand Tetons and then through Yellowstone. And then we spent a week at Freedom Fest. Uh, Reed almost died in a car crash. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> really? What happened? Yeah. He got clipped. Um, we were just going through this little tiny town in Wyoming. And I don't even know. There was just this kid in the left-hand turn lane in the center center lane. Oh, it was he, a kid? Yeah. He was That's like 18, 17, something. And he's pulling into the McDonald's parking lot. Reed's truck is right in front of me. Kid is just like absent-minded, probably looking at his phone. Who knows? He just turns right into Reed's driver's side door. Reed's truck lifts in the air, does like a 270 in front of me. And I thought Reed was dead, man. It was horrifying. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. It was a bad one. Like you actually rolled over? No, it didn't didn't roll. It just just spun. Okay. But uh, yeah. But yeah, it was bad. It was bad for sure. And Reed was totally fine. It was a total miracle. Obviously, his truck was totaled. So I drove us the rest of the way to South Dakota. We got to, you know, hang out with Dave all week. And then uh, after that, I headed to. Oh, I bet that was fun. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. Dave's Dave's. I've always wanted to hang out with him. I don't know if I'm ever going to get that chance, but uh, hopefully if he moves out of, uh, you know, New Jersey sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, and they start coming, when they start uh, coming for the woke to give everybody the woke poke, I think that's going to be the time when a whole bunch of people start to have to uh, move to a more civilized right. area like you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we, uh, then I spent a week in Texas with the Childerberg people. And then I went out to, oh, then I met uh, some more friends in Austin, Went out on Scott Horton's boat. Um, hung out with a. a oh man, you're here in Texas. Ah, oh. just briefly. I would have. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm a Florida man, but I'm in Texas now. So. Oh no shit! All right, well, I'm trying to decide on on which uh, which country I want to live in. The nation, of Texas, <laughs> the nation yeah. of Florida. We'll see. Oof, that's a that's a tough pick for me. The uh, there's so much there's so much things I want to do with both. And I, I have more confidence I can get it done in Florida, but not sure. Yeah, you know, but it'd you know, be more, much more valuable if I could get it done in Texas. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll we'll hit that today. But the uh, let's see. Oh, howdy, howdy, sweet cheeks to you too, Joshua. <laughs> we got a guy in the chat. Nice. But yeah, uh, the uh, I, I went to Orlando and I got to meet. Glenn Jacobs and um, I got to see Ron Paul speak in person for the first time in my life, so that was a big milestone for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was a, that, that's something to put in your trophy case. Oh, dude, it was huge. I I was stunned. Were um, you a uh, Were you a Ron Paul uh, convert? No, I was actually. I'm kind of a born and raised libertarian, which is really rare because my dad was one. Um, so oh, second no. generation. Okay. Yeah. So I was. I was a libertarian in high school and, and Ron Paul didn't really become, you know, a household name until probably 07, 08. But I, I knew of Ron Paul in the late nineties. So, um, but the fact that he like, he made a movement of young people yeah, was the first time I felt in my life. Like we actually have a chance here. Like we have a chance of a popular libertarian revolt. And, uh, yeah. so, so that's why I idolize the guy. And he, uh, yeah, it was before my time, but I've kind of, you know, I came of age kind of in the uh, Tea Party movement by like two years later. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wasn't familiar with the ideology at the time. I was just a born and raised, you know, co- you know, constitutional conservative, not really a neocon, but constitutional conservative. Sure, and sure. my father was like, a, you know, big into Rush Limbaugh. So that was where I got my political start. And that was where I got my first red pills. But, back, then, back then, that was all you could hear was... Uh... Talk radio like that red pulled a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, it's like I, I really feel like that you know founding uh, yeah that foundation and you know Rush Limbaugh was what really set me up for libertarianism later on, mm-hmm. and that or especially the right wing version of libertarianism. Absolutely, and, yeah. I listened to yeah. I listened to Michael Savage for years. I was a huge Savage Nation guy, so uh, that was my AM 
foray into, yeah. into talk radio and now doing the podcast and things like that. Yeah, it's like now you get to now you you're a, you got a big one now, right? Of my like, show. Yeah, your show. It's, isn't that uh, you're, like uh, you're at like so, you know like I know you're at least like what nineteen or twenty thousand followers on Twitter. So I'm I'm, I'm sure that must be so translate to several thousand. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I usually get anywhere between like five and ten thousand um, listeners per amazing. episode. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, cool. that's amazing. And I only started sixteen months ago, so it's really been a whirlwind. Shout out to our boy uh, P. Quinones for for putting me on the map. I mean, I there's I wouldn't be anywhere near where I'm at without him. So yeah, and well, I mean, you, you got your own personal success too. So yeah, no, I know, but I mean, in terms of like the breakthrough, him going on <laughs> part of the problem and and bringing me up, and Dave then backing that up because he had just seen me debate this neocon was like. It was just like the stars perfectly aligned. Uh, oh wow! Okay, so, so that's a, that's how you got you came out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what wow. it was. So without Pete, I mean, maybe I still would have got here eventually, but he fucking he greased the tracks, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, hey, I think we can go ahead and get started. You know, the uh, uh, about six minutes in. Let's hit it. So yeah, like we were talking on uh, actually before I get started. I'll tell you about Paloma Verde CBD and tell you not to use a faggy, you know, a promo code like King. You want to use the real promo code like popular because that's <laughs> the popular one. And you know what? None of those other, uh, the, the, you know, the King one, that doesn't work. It actually, inc- it, it increases your, uh, your end cost. It, do- it doesn't, uh, doesn't bring it down at all. It's like if, so if you want to uh you know help fund my awesome show instead of some lame show like King Pilled, <laughs> who just had me on just earlier this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna really appreciate this promo. Yeah, if you wanna, you know, spite you know, spite uh, Matt, go use mine. And we're <laughs> gonna have a competition of who who gets more. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but dude, this is how this is how I sleep at night. Uh, you know, libertarians always ask me. Andrew, with such horrible libertarian principles, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> That's how exactly how I, I I get to sleep with the archotropism framework in my head. So <laughs> that's how that's how that works. In addition to some you know knockout from Infowars, that stuff is golden. You put the two and dude, you are out in minutes, and you stay out. You don't get up to go pee at three a.m. So the uh, but yeah, get this. You know these gummies. They do not have any sort of like you know weed aftertaste. You know some a lot of uh, edibles they they have a real aftertaste to them of oh that tastes like weed doesn't have that at all. This tastes exactly like a gummy bear and is by far the best. And I usually get like two of these. I tried the green apple well, one. I'm still gonna go with the strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade is the best. And again, that is promo code popular, not promo code king. So. <laughs> All right, so I'll probably do one more of those sometime sometime in the uh, broadcast. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, so uh, you know, you and I, uh, I think we've talked a little bit before on Twitter a few times. Yeah, and uh, I think, but you know, we had a, uh, what, a, a little, an exchange earlier uh, yesterday about you know what what do we do with these uh, these political protests? Because by my, by God, they are fun to watch. It's like they, they have some real you know, entertainment value there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what, you know, I think you, know, you and I have kind of come to the same conclusion that, okay, shit needs to get done now because we all just got put on house arrest last year. So the time for theory is basically over now. We, we've, we've hashed that out. The yeah. time for action is now. And, yep. the, and, of course, that gives you the question, well, what action? Mm-hmm. And... I think that you know, you know, I, you know, we di- we differ on the uh, LP strategy and the GOP strategy, and yeah, I think you're an LPMC guy. I am, but I'm I'm not like one of those. Yeah, okay. I'm not like a ride or die. I okay. only vote LP. Like if if Rand Paul was going to be the next president of the United States, I'd vote for him. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> but yeah, the the uh, I think what you know the yeah we. We've, we've at least all libertarians movement as a whole, we've gotten to basically these, you know, th- to the point where, okay, uh, we need to actually start taking action now because this, yeah, you know, this is unsustainable. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's to the point where, I mean, they're about to start going door to door with these, uh, you know, with these wolf pokes. And if, you know, if, if we don't get power, this, there's no way to stop it. Uh, like having power is the only way to stop the, you know, stop them be, from being able to do that and going door to door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least at the local government level, because at that level, you can tell them to go fuck off because we control the cops. If the cops follow orders, we really need to be the ones giving the orders. And sure. yeah, that's all fair. The, uh, and, you know, you and I were, were talking about like one particular aspect, which was uh, protests, because, you know, we were seeing where the uh, <coughs> where the, uh, you know, in Australia and France, we're having, you know, quite a lot of nutsacks going up against the uh, the cops and actually like, you know, pushing them back and, you know, having real civil disobedience. And, you know, I, you know, I was of the opinion that these are, you know, ultimately going to be you know, counterproductive to us. This, you know, this merely gives the uh, state an ability to uh, to justify power more, you know, further power grabbing and it actually it, that short of having an, an elite there to really turn it into a, uh, a to really turn it into a you know an actual running an actual running riot that gets things done you're not going to be able to uh you know actually manifest this this is just disorganized violence this is just chaos and this can't you know they're not going to be you know the the the, the plebs they have no ability to organize themselves and, and to actually make something out of this and you, you know we need some elites right there to actually you know it, it, there is power there there is a I mean, it is something of a threat, but it's not—it's not the kind that's actually going to change anything. You need an elite there who can actually say, "Go ransack that building." That—that—that's the sort of thing that is going to get that is actually going to start getting results. Actually, well, and go ahead. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to say briefly that I think that the reason I—I I had a different opinion, particularly on the Australian one, where they, you know, charge through the the barricade. First off, it's it's a relatively arbitrary nonsensical law that they're breaking and the people are being held from you know one i don't know what they call them city province whatever from to the other um basically putting up quarantines for entire you know lands of people so when i when i saw them charge through that the reason i liked it is because i i just had on liberty down under on my show and we talked about it and he was saying his his um suspicion was that there was only five percent of the population there that were adamantly opposed to lockdowns when you see something like that if you've been sitting in your house for a year and a half and and you go i'm by myself all i see is you know the news i'm i'm bombarded with social media bots telling me to just stay home um i have movies politicians everyone is telling me i'm a bad person if i don't want to stay home forever indefinitely I think there's power and there's value in having, I'm not saying continuous, I'm not saying continuous, but I think that that was a really galvanizing thing. And and because of what happened there, there are now, there's these, they call themselves truckies. The truckies are banding together. The truck drivers of Australia are banding together and, and are, you know, claiming they're going to shut down transit of goods. I mean, these people, they're plebs. And to me, they're wielding way outsized power. Now, now you're probably going to counter with, well, they're going to be labeled terrorists and they're going to be arrested and, and it's just going to increase the tyranny. But that's not always the way. I mean, sometimes governments do back down from a populist revolt. So I don't know. I, I like for me, I would just ra- I would rather see that than not. That's that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. It's certainly better to see them out in the streets than not. And because the reason that I think this could go somewhere is that you know as long as that you know basically you know the big mob of people right there is basically like a gun sitting on the table and you know by itself the gun is harmless you know the gun isn't going to get up and start shooting people and you know it, it needs someone to wield it if the, you know when there's that kind of power sitting right there some you know some elite is going to be thinking what if i grabbed it mm-hmm. and that because that's how revolutions happen and you know it, it, it the difference between a uh, you know and a you know a protest that's really that turns into just kind of an orderly uh, guided tour through the Capitol building 
And, you know, it, and, the, and the difference between something like that and, you know, like the Soviet revolution mm-hmm. is, so, you know, that, that's the sort of, you know, the difference is an elite. There's, an, there's a group of elites there who was like, that's a mob, I'm taking over. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, and we need something, you know, my, you know I, I don't think my position so much is that protests are, you know, bad and counterproductive. That is norm by themselves. That's true. If there is an elite there who's you know able to actually galvanize that and order it around, then that's a big weapon, and that's that's how revolutions happen. So I, I think it's just it's interesting to me to hear someone who do you still classify yourself as an anarchist or no? Uh private property society. So it's you know people will usually equivocate that with anarchism. I don't think they're the same, but sure. I, you know, I, you know, I still think that's that's pretty dang close. Well, yeah, the, the I, reason, I believe in private property that, that we should have a fully private property based society. Right. Well, and, and I'm I'm fully on board yeah. with that. I just think it's fascinating because it's like this this assertion that it must be an elite that wields that gun, as opposed to I mean, are there no examples historically that that you see where a populist revolt the there is no elite within it, but a leader emerges from it? I mean, there, there's quite a few uh, examples of populist uh, revolts that all get put down and just killed. And the, well, I know, I know that's the yeah. norm, but I'm just saying, like, there has yeah, to be some exceptions. Virtually right? none. The, the ones that have elites generally are are the ones that get recorded in history as this government got overthrown. And I, I can't think of any examples of where yeah, and usually the the reason for that is because you know this uh, something Pareto talked about the circulation of elites. You know, some people they you know they have they're an elite family, and then they have a kid who's just a pleb. You know, the, it, their mindset is that of a pleb, and because you know a, elite is a mindset, not a, uh, a you know not an act, not a uh, just a birthright. So, I agree. And, and I so agree. As, someone, have, as someone who was raised into, you know. a a middle class that became an elite family and had mm-hmm. the elite mindset kind of bred into me. There is an absolute difference in how I look at the world versus how, and I don't, I don't even mean to separate myself from normal people, but I have a unusual outlook. Like I, it's I, how you I, think. yeah, I just, it is, it's, it, it is bred into you. Yeah, it is. I agree a hundred percent, but yeah, it's like, and so the only time you get a something, you know, an elite coming really from the outsides and there's something there that interrupts that circulation of the elites that, and you get an accumulation of elites on the outside of the ruling class. So if you, and you have a whole bunch an accumulation of plebs on the inside of the ruling class. Okay. And that, you know, and that happens like with monarchy, this is why you would get those sort of, uh, this is why it was an unstable system was that, you know, you would have a, an accumulation of left-wing elites on the outside of it who would constantly try to overthrow it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this is eventually, this is exactly what happened with the Soviet revolutions. You had an accumulation of elites on the outside of it, you know, in the Soviets, and they overthrew Tsar Nicholas and his family and the, uh, or the Romanovs. I think that was their name. I, I don't um, want to interject too much, but I, I just want to ask, do you think that there's, from my perspective, there's probably a lot of people I would consider plebs, role players, not leaders, shitty, idiot, dumb, low IQ. Um, PR people that are in modern politics in America in particular. So is that not, is that not ripe for a circulation of the elites? Uh, it's, you know, basically the plebs can be middle management and that's usually where you find them. When you find them in power, that's ripe for a, for a revolution and a takeover. And so, but that's what I'm asking. Do you think that's what we're in now or do you not see it that way? I think we're pretty close to it. Okay. Yeah. I, I do think that, you know, it's not that there's so much that there's an interruption in the circulation of the of the elites right now because they're there, but it, what you know we're seeing for some reason that you get people who have more pleb minded. They're getting to higher levels of power, and that doesn't really make sense. That's usually not the way it works out. Well, I would say, um, I would argue that that's an that's probably a product of a decaying culture, where you have especially when you have you know democracy, where you have people voting in people that tell them dumb shit. If you have a if you have a decaying culture, you're gonna have more people that want that. So you end up with people that say dumb shit, and they end up in power. So it's kind of like it, I, I I still believe, and I think you guys do too. You guys talk a lot about um, you know mm-hmm. cycles and patterns, and it's yeah. like I think that's what this is. I think this is an eternal pattern, and we are we are ending 
you know, that arc and we're going to go yeah. back towards revolution and then we'll re we'll reemerge. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I think what, what's ended up happening, there's might be an alternative explanation for why that, you know, we have such a bunch of plebs that ended up in government is because the real elites got, you know, managed to find different places in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, capitalism. You're, they're, okay. you're using like the fortune 500 CEOs. Those are all elites, every last yeah. one of them. Sure. And you manage to get there, you're an elite. And there, you know, and the problem is, okay, well, if elite, you know, someone who's an elite, you're, you're like talking 1% of the population, maybe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not all of them are in a, like a position like, like you or me, where we could probably get ourselves in there. And a lot of them may, they may be lower down. They're just not in the right place where they can act on that behavior. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you get plebs in the government instead. So the, you know, it's, there doesn't appear to be an, inter an interruption there, but it's still so that. You know, what, what do you mean by interruption of the uh, circulation of the elites? Are, does, uh, is that like? Is that like you can't get a, you can't get in there. You can't. Yeah, you know, and this is something you find with republics is they're all the, the reason they work is because you can get a, a, you know circulation in there. That you know it's not broken. It's can't, you can't be like okay with a monarchy there is no you know in, entrance into the ruling class. Okay. And. You know, it's, and, like it's a you know bureaucratic, the bureaucratic morass like, that keeps us from having a natural circulation of the the brightest and best rising up. Yeah, or well, you know, the the, the most predacious and evil sociopathic. That, that that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's like that. That's those are the people who get in, mm -hmm. and like right now that doesn't quite exist. But the, the but the fact still remains. Okay, well, you have you know plebs in, in government and elites kind of in the capitalist system. This is why I'm kind of thinking, oh, the, the capitalist might actually end up becoming the government. Mm -hmm. Like, like they, you know, in, a, in an actual private statecraft sort of manner. I think this is what we're kind of seeing with like the censorship right now is this is the beginning of, you know, what a, you know, Apple is actually going to be your formal government in a generation or two. And oh. this is, what that, yeah, this is what that looks like to start with because the censorship because remember, it's a private company, bro. You know, when you when you say that to uh, these, you know, basically these reptiles, what you just told them was that they can get more power by being private. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, okay, you know, careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Exactly. And so when you, I, I think if, if you were to start, you know, I, you know, protesting those guys, well, there might be a, that 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 might give you some change. It might because you know that that's where that's going to come from because they're the elite. They're the ones who have to pay you know to pay the price. But you know, I said okay, you, you have to get it so that the elites pay the price for your protest or whatever. So it's like I'm not advocating that we tar and feather Anthony Fauci, but you know, <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I'm definitely not advocating that we, you know, tar and feather the bureaucrats, you know, who are working in the, you know, health and human services or whatever, who are going to be enforcing, you know, these door-to-door, -door, uh, you know, woke woke pokes. Uh, but that's exactly how you would do that. That's the sort of protest that would actually do it, like a, a big mob, you know, that kind of breaks through it. That it's it's wonderful to see because there there is that anger there. That's not going to that's not going to you know. And stop them from going door to door and still doing the woke poke. And no, you're right. The, the only reason I see value though is because because the guy that I have my show Liberty Down Under, he was so yeah. black pilled, and I haven't got a chance to talk to him yet. But I bet you anything that kid, he's only 19 years old or something like that. Yeah. That kid sitting at home thinking that he's got no allies in his entire nation saw, you know, motherfucking yeah. Mel Gibson ride through on a horse. He saw these people, these rugby players, blast through a line of cops. That that is inspirational. That's the type of thing that actually fires up people to to guard their doors, you know, to to stack, you know, tell the cops to stack up if you want to come woke poke me. Like that's the type of shit that that can slow tyranny. It can also speed it up. And I grant you that. So like, yeah, I I just I don't think it's like by its nature, like the way the way you and um Matt were were framing it, it was like this is this is undoubtedly bad. I think that yeah. there's a chance that it's bad, but I also yeah, think, I think that by itself, it. yeah, by itself, it's counterproductive because now you're just baiting them into into cracking down harder because there but you're is not no just doing there. that. But you're not just doing that because you are also okay. inspiring people who had given up hope. 
that there's meaning in that. Like I, I, yeah. that's why I, I don't like the, the focus exclusively okay. on the elites because there is, you still need the plebs to fucking follow the elites. And if you have plebs that are fired up to fire, to follow an elite, like a Ron Paul type leader guy, okay. you know, there's value. I think I agree with that. I, I think I agree with that. There's value there, you know, in giving hope to people. But where you know, there's no political change that's going to come of that without uh, without some elite right there who's ready to say, "All right, those are my people. I'm leading the charge, and we're going. We're going for it. We're actually right. going to do this. We're going to burn." You have to look like a viable weapon. So if you are, you know, ten people wandering around that that look rudderless and aimless, you're just upset. Yeah. You just start punching cops. You start doing stupid shit. No, no elite's going to look at that and go like, "Oh, I can wield that." You know. But if you're an organized force that looks ready to do something, then some opportunistic elite might look at that and say, whoa, they just blasted through that cop line. They they had some tactic there. They actually, they found a focal point. Like these guys aren't total idiots. I might be able to use these guys. I'm just saying like, it could be, it's accelerationist. With accelerationism yeah. comes both the potential for better outcomes and far, far worse. Um, so that, that was my entire quibble yeah yeah it, it, you're, you're you're rolling the dice yeah. and yeah. the yeah. uh it's like I, i'm not a big believer in luck because i believe in making my my own luck and sure. yeah I was, I was a gambler in vegas for a long long for about two years i you know gamble on sports betting is really good at it i paid rent that way nice right, you know it, you know you can go up against the uh you know joe below with the you know sick joe six pack with a you know that, you know can of beer in his hand or i can go up against the sharks on wall street you know, it's like who, you know, if I'm going to be, you know, that's an easier money, mark. Yeah, much easier. And they're going to be, you know, losing their rent, and I'm going to be paying mine. And yeah. I was a, so, I was a sports better and a, and a, a Texas Hold'em player for years and years. So I, I oh feel yeah, you, you know all about you know EV yeah. and expected value. Then, yeah, the you know the way I would that you know, if you know we start getting stuff like this here in America because I really do feel like this is what's coming. Yes. It'd be nice if, you know, the LPMC and the GOP, uh, Mises Caucus, we're both having, you know, a few mayors here and there mm-hmm. who can actually, like, I, I'm the authority, I'm in charge, we're doing this. I and agree. Yeah. I mean, that, we've, got, you know, we've got Glenn Kane Jacobs. He's uh, Knox County mayor, and that dude is, he's pretty legit. So, I mean, like, yeah. we do have some, some, it's not much, um, but I agree with you. We need a hell of a lot more of it, and we need it, like, fucking now. Because it's going to get really rough. Yeah, so, and th- this is something I've I've kind of talked about before. Where, you know, if we if we have our own elites, you know, if we are the elites, the people will just follow you. It's like you don't need to convince people that libertarianism is right. Convince them that libertarianism is in power. Like that's the idea. That's the sort of thing they really care about. Wait, and convince them that libertarianism is power. No, is in power. You know, oh, the oh, liber- yeah. yeah, the guy with the you know the guy in the mayor who's directing the cop, the guys with guns. That guy's a libertarian. Yeah, and that yeah, you know, that's exactly. You don't need to convince people that our policies are correct. You just convince them that this is what we're doing because I have the power, and they'll just go with it. And and you and you see this all all over the place. And but and uh, you know where the uh, you know like the, like the right in particular, they have a very hierarchical mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's like they, they just instinctively understand that's the guy in charge. I'm just going to do what he says. And, you know, I don't have to. To, to a fault. Th- they they respect hierarchy, in my opinion. But, yes, they, you're absolutely right. But, that I mean, hey, I think of it kind of like a hacker. I mean, like this, you know, that's that's my background is as a, is as a uh, cybersecurity guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of it as that's exploitable. You know, all, so you're telling me. All I have to do is get is get as managed to finagle my way into that office of power, and they'll just follow me with unque- unquestioning loyalty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially if you're a better ruler than the old guard, you know, like then then you'll have their loyalty to the end of the earth because you actually are treating oh, yeah. them better than the than the old guard. So I I don't I don't disagree with you when it comes to the right. When it comes to the left, I don't mm-hmm. think that they're going to respect your authority in the no. same way. No, they don't. They don't because they want they want chaos. They want the disorder. They want the barbarianism and the uncivilization. And you know, with the, the right who doesn't want that. And by the way, most libertarians don't want that. Also, but, but the uh, I think that you know that therein lies such an opportunity. We get you know we get just a critical mass of mayors, and it's all over for them. 
you know, it's all over for the regime if they try to do something, because at that point we can make archotropism work in reverse. I don't know how familiar you are with my uh, theory of archotropism. The, I've, heard, uh, I've heard you explain it once. Uh, I think I watched the episode with you and Pete and maybe you and Matt. So, but if you could recap, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, basically the, the idea of archotropism is that, you know, it's all based on, you know, economics, which, and it just ha so happens to mimic thermodynamics, but, you know, it was just really interesting, but I won't get into that part. But the idea is, okay, the elites, you know, the way they will always try to gain more power is, you know, by causing the chaos. They're basically the arsonist firefighters they at least will try to extract or, uh, or, you know, they cause chaos in order to extract order from it, which gives them power. Mm -hmm. And basic, and the way it works basically is, okay, anytime you have, you know, an outbreak of chaos and order is always more preferable, even, you know, even by lefties, they still prefer, you know, a terrible chaotic order to mm -hmm. like pure, to pure like rampaging and violence. Sure. And even they don't like that. Or at least they eat well. Okay, they do because it serves their ends. But you know, because the, their ends are power. But you know, anyway, what the, when you have an out, you know, you have orders to start with, then you have an outbreak of chaos. What you know? Okay, so now what that translates to is okay. Now we have a shortage of order, and you have the state who comes back as saying, oh, oh, I, you know, I'm selling order. I'm selling order, and pay me in power. Mm -hmm. And so you pay them in power, and now they they resupply the the order. And sure. by the way, they, and then they never ever give that power back, and they repeat the cycle. And yep. this is how they gradually raise their, uh, you know, their their, their you know, great rate raise their power level is yep. through creating nope. these shortages of order, which is chaos. No, and, no disagreement there. Mm -hmm. And so, what? So when you have the this uh, this this cycle that okay, we know that they're creating chaos, and so they can extract order. Why don't we make that work in reverse for us? So anytime they create chaos, we're going to be the ones to extract order, and we'll be paid in, in power. And that's it. And this is, and I see that this is what's coming down the road. I'm thinking, okay, all it's going to take is a few really is a few mayors. Okay, probably more like a few hundred that can actually get together and say, actually, we're going to crack down on this shit. And you know, and we're the one, and we're doing this because we're libertarians who love order and you know, free markets and whatever, and all that. And that's all that's going to take because, you know, to make our enemies process work for us instead. And, and, and again, you have, you've mentioned accelerationism as well. Well, okay. You know, we're in place we don't control. That'd be a wonderful reason to have that thing that, you know, be practically on fire, not literally, but right. you know, it's it, like, if, if there's a place you're going to be accelerating, yeah, you need to have both, basically both sides of the uh, of the coin. Where you know some guys are out there, you know, preaching order and saying, "Hey, if you give me power, you know, I'm gonna you know be the one to give you order." And the other guys out there being the arsonists, basically. Sure. Well, but, I guess my my biggest question there would be, how is it that you get the candidate that's espousing libertarian ideology and order, you know, paired together? How do they win out over your normal Democrat or Republican that just comes in promising, you know, uh, mo free money and we're going to crack down on homelessness. We're going to crack down on crime and all that shit because that's what they've always done. Yeah, the way I would do the way I would do it is, you know, you, you know, because these uh, ju jurisdictions usually OK, not your big cities might be a little bit different, you know, but your smaller suburban areas, you know, the, the, the people who live there are there because they want order. And if you and if you point out how you know, hey, these guys, when the woke quote comes, they're not going to protect you. I'm going to protect you. You know these guys. You voted for them for years. You know what a bunch of squishes they they are. I am you know making my my platform is I'm going to is you give me power and I will maintain the order that says that the uh, you know that when the when the uh, lefties come with their woke book, I'm going to tell them to take a hike. And I'm going to have the cops. I'm going to say, one, stand down. Don't don't help them with that order. And two, arrest them if they try. And it's like, I, you know, I'm running. Give, I, I want control of the cops so I can tell them, arrest those people. So basically the, the DeSantis path. Basically, yeah. Well, yeah. And it'll, it'll work at, on, on a mayoral level because that's an easy way to win because they're all, they're all scared of it right now, particularly in red areas. If you know you're in a red suburban area, this is the you know I would say you need to, if you're a libertarian ancap you have an obligation to 
you know, be the one to run for that for that office because if you don't, no one else is going to defend them, and they probably know it. Mm-hmm. And this is such and be such a welcome relief to them to know that the guy in charge, you know, is you know anti woke poke and wants to you know use the cops to defend me against it, which is exactly the thing I'm paying them for. Well, have you have you paid attention? Because I just be totally honest, I do not pay attention to local politics across the country. So I have no idea what the the new class of candidates, the people that are are in response, they are reactionary to the fact that we're woke poking and and masking children and all the other bullshit. Is there a, a huge flood of mayoral candidates and sheriffs and people that are coming out saying, I'm not going to go down this path? There's nope. not. Okay. Nope. And well, that's see, the see, opportunity. This it's an undefended opportunity. It's an undefended uh, citadel. But this this, this would be my question for you. It, I agree with you that there would probably be, I mean, not everywhere, obviously, but there would probably be many jurisdictions where that would be a very popular stance. Why would why would some, you know, standard Republican or even a Democrat come out and just say, I'm I'm gonna run on that whether I believe it or not? Like why why is that not happening? It makes me feel as if maybe it's not uh, as popular as we think. No, the re- the reason for it is you know a lot of people they don't have they don't they're very conflict averse, particularly on the right. You know that your right wing candidates, the reason they're squishes is that these are very conflict averse people. Yeah, I and, yeah, uh, as like these people have no balls, and yeah, you know, and all of the Republicans know it. It's like that they will run on you know and they have like a, a bunch of rehearsed lines that they know how to use in order to get power but beyond that they don't want conflict and that's how i, I feel th- about justin amash he's like i have like decent principles but then yeah i'm a fucking just roll over to anything anytime and 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 i mean he's he's one of the best people but he's still so soft like i want i want fire breathers in these fucking positions like this is so catastrophic it's so damaging what we're doing to our children and yet i can't get any politicians other than desantis basically to come out really aggressively even even trump even trump doesn't really come out hard like it's still kind of wishy-washy ron like, paul oh, was a fighter should... yeah like the, ron paul, the right yeah. really loves fighters who are going to take yeah. who are really going to take a hatchet to the enemy and ron yeah. paul this is part of a major major part of his appeal was that he was willing to take a hatchet to the other candidates and just, you know, I mean, he just nuked Giuliani yep. and, and, the, and uh, he was willing to say unpopular things and, and sometimes yeah. shift the audience in mid mid speech. It's like, what happened? Why? I, I just, because I, and I agree with you. It does yeah. seem as if many Republican voters like that. In fact, they really want it right now. Why is it not arising? I mean, I, I grant you historically Republican candidates have been very fucking weak. But why? Why now? Why are they not, you know, uh, they're responding still to the market? They're the same weak people that they've always been, and and you know, I I usually point out as the archetropism guy, weakness invites aggression, mm-hmm. and if you're well, a plus, they, they got a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, well, weakness is inviting my aggression, particularly, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it should be inviting the aggression of ANCAPs, and that's not, and I, I don't see that as a contradiction in terms. <laughs> sure. It's, it's because th- this is such an opportunity to go after them. And be that guy to say, uh, I'm going to be the one, you know, the cops follow orders no matter what. Uh, I'm going to be the one giving them the stand down order that said, you know, when the uh, goons come into and they want the help of the cops to, uh, you know, help enforce uh, these uh, these vaccine you know, mandates and these forced vaccinations. And, you know, when I'm the, and I don't know if you did you see that uh, video in Australia of the, the one father who was holding his son. And, you know, there's like three cops right there who's like holding the father down while the, uh, you know, the two lab coats try to inject the screaming and crying son. Mm-hmm. And who's like trying to run away from them. And I mean, if you didn't have uh, people, you should probably go look. If you haven't seen that in the audience, you should go look that up. It's like, I mean, it's tough not to think murderous thoughts after seeing something like that. I guarantee you that father is thinking to himself during that while he's struggling with the three cops, you know, power. If only I had power. Right. And he's thinking that right now. But you know, and, you know what happens when people when enough people feel powerless and they're being yeah. abused like this? I think yeah. we're gonna start to see fucking terrorism. I think we're gonna see like like literal because I mean these, these people are they are very, very low power. Their com- odds are completely stacked mm-hmm. against them. Their jobs have been taken away. Their children have been traumatized. Many of the, I mean, parents that have their kids 
end up offing themselves because of the mental trauma they've gone to, those mm-hmm. are the people you need to look out for. Because if if we get enough of that, and then and then also you're enslaved in your home and you're also broke, like you're gonna see some people go fucking nuts. And this this is why I've been screaming into my my my, my microphone for 18 months almost is because I knew this is where it was going. And it was just like, and and, I mean, finally we're a year and a half in and it seems like I'm starting to get some traction here, but it's just like, damn, man, people are so slow to realize like where this all leads. And it's just tragic. Oh yeah. I mean, I I bought a gun for the first time to get, you know, in January because I saw what was coming. Um, And, you know, I I was able to buy a house because of that too, uh, you know, too, because I, I, I was always betting in the markets and like, okay, they're going to slam interest rates down to zero and there's going to be a crash. We're going to bet against it and then use the down payment as a, you know, two weeks later, because the, you know, interest rates are usually, you know, mortgage rates are usually uh, locked into the 10 year. So, okay. Two weeks afterwards. And that's, I timed it almost perfectly to the day. Awesome. man. Yeah. I, I had the complete opposite reaction because I, I thought that if they were going to keep the economy locked down long-term, which they essentially did, it would break the economy. And I thought that they were stupid enough not to realize that they needed to flood the market with fucking printed fiat. And I was wrong. They, and I, and well, first I didn't think they would have the will to print seven or to $10 trillion over. That one one threw me for a loop too. I didn't, I didn't think that was coming. I didn't think, I didn't think that they had the political will. I didn't think that they were psychotic enough to do it. And they did. So now we have a real estate market at all time highs, even though we have people that are, you know, struggling to get by. It's just total mm-hmm. madness. But uh, yeah, but, uh, getting back to our, ma- our main topic yeah, though, please, the, please. but uh, yeah, the, like when, when people are powerless like, like this and they're, you know, basically like they feel like their power has been taken from them or what that power they had, they didn't really have any, but the uh, like, they're looking for someone new to give it to and they're looking for protection right now. And mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect time. Yeah. You know, basically there's a fire sale going on for fire insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like they're, they're looking to buy you know, insurance while the house is on fire and libertarians should be selling. Mm-hmm. It's like that. This is that like the, we're not going to get another opportunity like this, you know, particularly from the right where they're just like, I don't care what you believe, you know, and, and like they're willing to ignore the fact we're, you know, we're not conservatives. But, and, you know, let's say I would say, hey, look at Rand Paul, look at Thomas Massey. These people vote the way they say, and you can disagree with me about, you know, whatever else. I right now I'm running on protecting you from them. Like right. those are that's team bad guy. I'm team good guy. I'm team good guy protecting you from team bad guy. And, and, I, and I'm and I'm legitimately team good guy. I'm the guy yeah. that will actually protect you. I I agree with you, man. I think that that's a fucking huge opportunity. Uh, this is why I was so upset with the Joe Jorgensen campaign because I was like, what are you doing? We're locked in our homes. This should be the only thing you talk about. Um, so yeah, I agree. Like I would love to see. This more. is something I, you know, I, you know, as the GOP guy, I agree with the, the LP MC on on this that hey, they need to focus more on local elections, you know, which are winnable rather than these, you know, you know, these Shane Hazel. Shane Hazel would be an excellent mayor or an excellent city councilman, and this is a terrible senatorial candidate. There, there's no point in having him there. It's a much better, you will spread the message much better by having Mayor Shane Hazel than Senator, you know, than, you know, well, fail Senate candidate Shane Hazel. And that, like, if you put, uh, you know, Shane in, uh, in any mayor's office anywhere, I guarantee his people will be far safer with him in charge. And right now, that's like, the, yeah, they can get liberty too while they're at it. And if you run on a message of safety, you'll probably, you'll probably, will probably, be, probably win. And and this yeah, this is exactly the same thing I'm pushing for like the Mises GOP is oh you know we're gonna have a series of local elections where we are running on a message of safety and we're we're the ones run, running on the, uh, the the cops okay the, if the cops follow orders uh, we're gonna be the ones giving the orders and those are not gonna be the orders that the higher ups at the state wants uh, we're gonna be giving the stand down orders on enforcing any sort of vaccine mandate and we're also gonna be doing quite a few other things that they're going to like to. And that and it's a different kind of messaging than the pure, pure libertarian messaging. And it's like, okay, they're going to get liberty as a side effect, but we're, we're, we're selling safety and liberty kind of comes with it. And it's a package deal. And I, I'm I think the line. I'm with you. I, I think, think, I think it can, I think it can be packaged uh, in a way that it still maintains our principles, but, but just focuses on something we don't normally, which is safety. I mean, we don't normally focus on that, but, when it when it boils down to it, um, you know, 
what we are actually offering would be far safer than the alternative. So I think it's yeah. fair to frame it that way. It really is. I mean, we're telling the truth. And yeah. the uh, not lying to them when they say that, okay, you'll be safer with us in charge than those guys because, let's face it, you know they're not coming to protect you. And that's the, I mean, that's like the best sort of argument I could I could possibly make for any right-wingers. They're not coming to protect you and I'm right here on your doorstep. Right. Yeah, uh, and the, uh, but yeah, but if, if, you know, if we have to have, you know, and, but getting these people in charge, I think getting our status as elites kind of centered around that, that we're the ones providing the order. I think this is what, you know, will eventually give these protests, which I think are coming. I think they'll, they'll give them a lot more legs is if you have, you know, liberty, uh, you know, if you imagine like if you had a group of libertarian mayors leading that charge in Australia, that, look, that, that thing looks very different. That looks very, very different. I could say, and I can say, all right, that's the bit, you know, that health and human services building, that's the one we're going to go protest in front of and we're going to break through. That's like that, uh, like, you know, uh, you know, again, in Minecraft or something like that, but like that, you know, that, that's the, uh, the, that's the sort of ideas you need actual leaders in charge with real power who can direct the people because the people naturally look to these people, to these sorts of elites. They're always in demand. At least exist because they're in demand. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I, I think, and I think they are in demand right now. And there's no one that's actually like, take like filling that void that would do anything I would like to see. I mean, that's the problem. And, it, and oftentimes there, there is no leaders that are, are, are elites as you frame it, uh, that are even filling that. These void are plebs that are in charge. Like yeah. I said, we have a whole lot of plebs in charge of the state and they're non-confrontational. They have their conflict averse. And you know what? That sounds like weakness to me. And that weakness invites handcap aggression or at least it should. Yeah. No, I'm, and, I'm with you. Yeah, this is uh, this archetropism framework. It, you know, again, it's like okay, if chaos naturally demands order, it's like well, okay, you know, we can make that work to our advantage. This is not something that you know that only the state can use. There's two can play at that. Two can play the archetropism game. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it. I don't disagree. I don't know if, if I was supposed to, but I don't, I don't disagree. No, with that. <laughs> no, I think, I think, I thought you would. This is about about how I thought, how I saw the. Uh, conversation going is you and I are going to end up agreeing on, you know, on the solution here. You know, yeah. the, because if the protests by themselves don't really do anything, you know, they're, they're, they're fun to watch and they're inspiring. They do give people hope. There's obviously value in that, but you know, we need to translate that to power because power is what gets the real change. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, the protests are a symptom of, you know, what's possible if we can get some libertarian elites in charge, yeah. uh, even at a local level. Cause that's all it takes. I think, I think that the, the other difference between you and I is that I have a little bit more faith in chance. I think that like there is at it, at their core, at their core, I think that more people see what's wrong right now than they have in my, my entire life. Um, and because of that, it gives me hope that, even that the odds are more in our favor than they have been historically, that, that there will be leaders that arise from that, that, uh, that uprising that direct them in a, in a better trajectory. And it hasn't happened yet. Um, I mean, people, I think that's the one thing I always have to remind myself is like, I am always early. I am always in yeah. front of people because people, I, I see things soon, sooner than, than everybody else. I'm able to, see four or five steps ahead and I can always like, it's, yeah, I you're know, a money like, manager kind of guy. Yeah, you I am. See, so I guess that's, train. yeah, that's, that's the, the skill set that, that I have, uh, but it's also just like how my brain works anyway. So it's, it's very frustrating, but what, what I have to remind myself is like, okay, if I felt this way 18 months ago and now I'm starting to hear it from my normie conservative relatives, that means that like, okay, six months from now, they're going to be closer to me. You know, I'll probably be more radical at that point. But like, I'm just saying, it feels as if people are headed in our in our direction. So I feel like there's there's a better chance that even well, if, we, if we're not responsible for actually yeah. putting the leaders in place, someone will do that. And I know that kind of seems like I'm I'm washing my hands of it, mm -hmm. but I I'm I'm more optimistic than yeah. you are in that regard. Yeah, yeah, that that's where I might because you know, who you know who is going to do that but us? You know, it's like we are the guys. It's like I I, I said this on another 
podcast, I forget who said it originally, but someone else said it originally, that the conspiracy isn't that the pedophile, that, that our elites who are in charge of our government are pedophiles and satanists and, satan and stuff like that. That's not the conspiracy. The, con the conspiracy is that someone else is coming to save you from them. Mm -hmm. And like that, you know, if it's not us, it's not going to be anybody. And well, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I, let me, let me reframe that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it won't be someone like us. I'm just saying mm -hmm. it may not be you or I, like I, there's a lot of, I think maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you don't think oh. that there's, there's a few thousand people in the world that are having the same thought, the same conversation right now that are, that are also game planning how to become the leaders of the, you know, freedom revolution. I mean, you know, Clint, you already look like a Florida man. So it's, it's like, I really think you, you know, it's like you're already have, are a spitting image of like Florida man, you know, mayor Clint. It's like, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I, all right, uh, all right. I'll do it. I'll run. Fuck it. Yeah, no, so I, I'm, like, I'm open to it. Honestly, like if I, if I move somewhere and, and I can do that um, and I can have a chance at, at winning, I will absolutely do it. Like I, I am a, I am ready to get my hands dirty. Like I, mm -hmm. I have, cause I focus on my career and I focus on financial goals for my entire, you know, yeah. adulthood so far. And then the fucking world imploded and I was like, okay, now I have to get involved. So this is what I'm doing now. So yeah. I'm oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You get, you get the Florida. It's like, uh, they'll take you. Yeah. Okay. They'll put you in charge. And you I, say, was, hey, I, was, I was just having dinner with Bill Bishop two weeks ago in, uh, in Redneck Riviera. So I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. Yeah. He is a, uh, I mean, he's a perfect example of, uh, cause he's about to take this, take the fight to the school board and he just got permission to do that. And like, oh, because you know, there's so many good options there to, uh, you know, wait, wait, you know, so many good places to stick the knife to make the left hurt. And because uh, let's face it, two, two if they want to use the uh, system for the education system for political indoctrination, two can play that game. And, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to teach socialism in schools. Here's your textbook. It's by Mises. Socialism by Mises. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, this is uh, honestly, this is kind of the answer to many of the questions I've had. I just didn't know how to fucking implement it because it's like I've wanted to counter propagandize children. You know, like yeah. I do. I'm not going to deny it. I would much rather propagandize kids towards liberty and freedom than the mm -hmm. dogs that they've been getting fed. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Whether that's unlibertarian of me or not, I don't know, but that's how I feel about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't think it's unlibertarian at all. I, I think it's wonderful. If, if, you know, if they're going to provide us with, the, you know, put these kinds of weapons on the table, of course I'm going to pick them up. Right. And it's defensive. And that, you know, and by the way, and this is where I think, okay, we don't really need to convert heart. We don't need to win hearts and minds. Cause there's more than enough of us already to, you know, take over every single local government, uh, uh, you know, office in the United States, every single one of them, you know, and have a lot of libertarians left to spare. If you, if we just got the, like, to have this mindset of, oh, actually, I'm going to run for power and I'm going to fucking take it from them. And, but, and I'm going to do it. And because they made some stupid mistakes and they were cowards and I'm going to hang them for it. Yeah. And you, you get that attitude in Minecraft. People. It's like, yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. Not actually, not actually hang them in real life, but I'm going to hang them politically for it. Yes, uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to keep it clean here. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I think that the thing that we lack, though, is both. I mean, first off, we severely lack political um, acumen. We don't. We don't do it, like because we don't have any political power. So I don't think that we are as we're not as well oiled a machine. But we are smaller, and if we get the right leadership in place. We could outwork them simply because they have a bureaucratic system that I'm sure could not yeah. be as um, brilliant as what we could do. So I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, I just I, I don't know. Can you have you had much luck in like propagandizing other libertarian leaders to go down this path? Uh, you know, the the Mises GOP MeWe group is you know growing every single day with people who are like, yeah, I'm ready to run and we're, I'm ready to just take the power from the local idiot who's in charge and doesn't know what to do with it. And that, and again, the, you know, they've made such bad mistakes right now that I, I see no reason we just can't run on a message of we'll keep you safe. They won't. And but I don't think, I don't think messaging alone is going to be enough. I mean, you're going to need resources, wouldn't you? Really? Yeah, it, it caught the amount it takes to get elected, and the average suburban uh, mayorship is about the cost of of a pair of sneakers, new pair of no sneakers. Way. That's about it. No, it's cheap. 
It's wow. fucking cheap. So this is something I learned, you know, when I started, you know, learning to campaign last year is holy shit, these people are fucking defenseless. It's like, because I would always ask the other, uh, you know, people I knocked on probably close to a thousand doors and spoke to close to 800 people. I had a enormous, uh, you know, enormous, you know, answer the door rate, which was incredible. And uh, yeah, like 80% is like unheard of. But yeah, I would always ask people, it's like, have oh, you it's heard? because of the lockdowns. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> all, that's that's <laughs> probably right. You're probably right about that. But the uh, but that that was something I I would always ask is have you have the other candidates come by? No. Okay. And uh, yeah, and, and they're always happy to see me. Yeah. And you know, the, well, and that's the success of Yao. I mean, that's what they've been doing. Yeah, uh, and this is like the, something they teach you in like uh, you know campaigning school, which I took a few classes with the Leadership Institute. And that's like the first thing they teach you is block walking. It's like because other, everybody else doesn't do it. If you do it, you'll you win. And the people are always overwhelmingly like friendly. Like eight hundred answers of the door, I probably had like two people who told me to get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. And that was, and this is in Texas. And the, uh, but yeah, they, they were uh, everyone is so incredibly friendly, and they're happy to see you, and they're all extremely concerned about what they're seeing, and. You just have to be the one to, you know, sell them the safety, sell them the peace of mind. That's and that's all that's going to take. They will show up to the polls and vote for you. And same thing, same thing with these, uh, you know, these you know, when they're teaching like, you know, critical race theory in public schools, people don't want that. I mean, they're showing up in protest. You have to be the one guy saying, "I'm running against this clown." You know, you see these clowns up here who who are fighting you. I'm running against them. Yeah, so vote for me if you if you don't want your kid being taught to hate himself because of his skin color. Is how's it work for mayoral candidates? Is there is it every two or four years, or is it different? Uh, usually they're off year elections, which are even smaller turnout. Okay, and uh, and, and they're and they and they're they're usually odd numbered years. Okay, too. and is is there a, a primary process? Like if you wanted to run as a Republican, so no, it would just usually not. So there would usually. be like. There could be like three or four Republicans, three or four Democrats on the, on yeah, the ballot. And a lot of times these other candidates, they don't campaign. They just put signs out. That's it. Right. That's the, that's the, I mean, the, the cost of their campaign is less than a thousand bucks. Cause it's just and, signage. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's basically it. And it's well, like, I'm going to be a mayor. How cool is that? Pretty much. Yeah. You, you move <laughs> to suburbia America, buy yourself a new pair of sneakers and just knock on the doors and say, Hey, I'm here to protect you from the vote poke. That guy's not going to. And vote for how me. Much, how much do mayors get paid? I want to see if we can actually entice people to do this. Do they get like 80, 90, 100,000? <laughs> Nothing like that. No, it's okay. a, they're usually uh, part-time once a month gigs okay. uh, where you can have a full-time job at the same time. And it's, you know, basically you get paid, you still get way overpaid. But like, you know, where, where I am in suburbia, Texas, it's like you get $9,000 a year. And you know that's you basically work you know maybe ten hours a month ish. Well, and all right. Well then, two and a half hours, two and a half hours of, you know per weekend. That's even better. Then all the podcasters could go be mayors because we've got plenty of time to do it. That's bingo. Perfect. Yes, that's exactly like once you start actually getting in and you see how fucking defenseless these guys are. It's like it's such a it, that was such a white pill to me. And I'm like I ha that was when I I made the decision I'm going to go found Mises GOP and start you know, getting uh, libertarians in there because a few, the moment a few of them really get in there, it's going to spread the message really quick that, oh, these guys are defenseless. We can, we can totally take them. Yeah. I mean, it's a day, it's a David and Goliath sort of situation where people don't realize that Goliath, Goliath was like blind as a bat. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> people, are, you know, people don't know. People don't realize that there's like three different places in the Bible where, you know, he's showing symptoms of extreme nearsightedness, which is common for people who have acromegaly because oh, they do the tumor that create that makes you into a giant that, uh, that makes you into a giant is a brain tumor on your pituitary gland. Eventually, right. it gets big enough to the point where it starts pressing on the optic nerve, and you get extreme nearsightedness because of it. There you go. And right. So I mean, David's right there. He's like uh, he's winding up to take a shot at him, and, and Goliath is still thinking he's going to have a you know close quarter of combat, which is right. like like clearly not the case. And he, he has no idea he's even winding up. He can't see it. So <laughs> yeah, he can. He can. And he can when David comes down into the uh, into the gulch. You know, Goliath is like, you come at me with sticks, with sticks plural. And you know, David only had one stick in his hand. He was having your he was having double vision, yeah, you know, because of that. And you know, it's like he had to, you know, Goliath had to have his armor bearer, you know, help him down into the gorge, you know, because he couldn't, you know, it's a steep cliff and he couldn't see enough to get down in it by himself. And 
you know, and, and you know, and you would think, why didn't Goliath try, try to dodge? It's because he couldn't see him. Have you talked to and, Shane about this? Uh, no, but uh, you know, I don't think he likes me very much. I was kind of a dick to him in the past, you know, because I, I was kind of butthurt because my last campaign I did, you know, we, we lost by three hundred votes, and the and the Libertarian took thirty six hundred. Oh, okay. so I, I was really <laughs> pissed about that. Um, it's like well, I, I was, I was a dick. I, the, the reason I bring it up though is because I think Shane would be a fucking. I mean. If it's that easy, as passionate as he is, as uh, yeah. compelling as he is as a speaker, like I, I see no way he would lose if he wanted to be a mayor somewhere. Like I, I think you know, Libertarian Party people particularly, they've really given the state far too much credit. You know, when it comes to how organized they are and how much these uh, local politicians actually want to hang on to power because they don't work for it. Yeah. All we have to do is really put in the footwork with a new pair of sneakers, and that's about all it's going to take for Clearly. most suburbia uh, mayorships. Clearly, I was one of them, man. I gave, I was giving him way too much credit on the on the lowest level. I I still think, you know, at the highest level, it's probably a real bitch, and you need some serious oh, yeah. money to play ball. But um, if I could just go be the mayor of somewhere to ensure that I don't get fucked with anymore, that sounds like a huge. Like I don't even need to be paid. Like if I could just be the mayor of somewhere where I can know that I have the power to wield to stop the cops from doing woke pokes and shit like that, like. That's all I need. You don't even have to pay me. I just want to live there. So. Oh yeah, I mean the the average state rep. I know the, the figures off the top of my head here in Texas. The average state rep race that if you win costs about eight hundred grand, and the average uh, yeah, senatorial candidate is about one point three million. So, uh, and the average uh, what call, and the average like mayorship is like a few like a few grand. That's wild. Because wow. no one imagines that you know there's. It's that little. No one understands that divide because everyone thinks that, you know, there's no power to be had there. And that's where they're incorrect. That's, yeah. the, you know, as a, you know th that's where all the enforcement is. If you think about all the things people love about government, they're all done at the local level. Everything they love about government is at the local level, not at the state level, not at the federal level. Right. You think like roads, bridges, you know, schools, police, firefighters, EMS. All the excuses government uses to you know justify its own existence, these are all done at the local level. And we, you know, everything they like about it is done right there. And we need to be in charge of that because then we're the only we're doing the things that everyone likes and everyone and then we can make them the enemy by saying, okay, they're doing the things that everyone hates. Yeah. And well, and also if you do this in mass, you could have and you and you're a really popular mayor because of it. Because you have actually done what you said, which they never get, you might no. then be able to turn around and become a congressman in that district pretty easily. Because and and not have to not have to compete, you know, with the same war chest of money. Um, so you yeah, right. it down the road as like, hey, I was a protector of the people. Right. Like that's a really big you know feather in your cap. Yeah. Well, especially and, if you're running on the Republican side. Mm -hmm. And you and the oh yeah, especially on the Republican side. But, and especially in these gerrymandered districts, which, by the way, we're about to get a fresh round of gerrymandering. It's going to be far better this time. Last time we did it, we got like 60 fucking seats in the in the house because we use computers to for the first time ever to gerrymander all the districts perfectly. <laughs> and now there's way more data than there was before. And, you know, we, and now we know exactly how to, you know, make these districts far more red. Oh, you yeah. know, and the computers are more powerful, too. So... Yeah. 10 years down the road, 10 years more data, 10 years more powerful computers. This is going to be a bloodbath for the Democrats. And, you know, and this is the perfect time to be, you know, either running as a Republican in a heavily gerrymandered district in the primary where there's less people, a higher turnout and a better concentration of, you know, Liberty Republicans who will happily vote for you. If you say, hey, this guy's a, squ a squish. We all know he's a squish. He's been a squish for years. Vote for me. I'll keep right. you safe. And, I, you know, I'm going to you know, raise hell, you know, in the, in Congress, because, you know, fuck these assholes. Yeah. And that, like, this is the, they, we aren't going to get another chance like this for, you know, a long, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get one. It's taken this long to get one. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that we'll get a better chance just because things are going to get really, really fucking bad when the, uh, the dollar dies. So I think it's now or never, man. Well, you, you sold me. I, I think that the, the mayoral path makes the most sense. I will still, be supporting dave smith though because i think that he's he's the he's the, guy, he's the guy that can uh can you know wake more people up but while he's waking people up you can actually take some power so i think that's yeah, the, like, perfect balance. It's, it's everyone it's you know it's nice to have one guy 
you know, spreading the spreading the message because let's face it, he's the only one of us who can actually get onto those uh, flat uh, onto those uh, uh, shows. And there isn't another guy. Like basically, the LP strategy is really the Day Smith and mass media strategy. It's, he's the only guy. It's yep. like there is no other Day Smith. And yep. so is it, it, the it, the what the LP brings to the table is basically the L. And without a Day Smith, there is no LP strategy. So. Yep. I, like, I, I agree. I was I was completely disinterested in the LP until Dave Smith emerged. Yeah, I and mean, he's the only one who can make it work. And after he's gone, there's no one else to make it work. But at the same time, you I don't know, know about, that. Know, about uh, that. Who else is going to be able to get on the on the Joe Rogan shows and all that? You don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've got a whole bunch. Of, we've got a whole bunch of people that are that are building up um, audiences right now. So I mean, people can emerge. You don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there aren't any yet, but oh, yeah. Oh, it, no, it, I'll grant you that. There's no. There's no yeah. one else there now. But um, yeah, I think possibly eventually. People... But yeah, Dave Smith yeah. is the only guy who can possibly make the LP strategy work. But yeah, go and more power to him. But everybody else who's not at his level needs to be, you know, the next mayor. We need to have Mayor Clinton, Mayor Andrew, and I feel you, man. Uh, like it and everywhere. Yeah, you because know, this is what's going to eventually, you know. Get you know, get us our elites who can make this, who can turn these protests into actual political changing events. I'm with it, buddy. It's no, been great talking to you. Yeah, no disagreement, man. Uh, thank yeah. you for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I thought we would come to kind of the same idea at the, at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I mean, well, I think we both understand how dire the situation is. So, um, you know, people that are offering fucking any solutions i'm i'm all ears i'm i'm definitely not a uh ideologue <laughs> you know like i i want to i want to actually have freedom in my lifetime so i'm oh open yeah to so, when i go public with the anti-tax in a few weeks it's like oof, this is like this is the thing that's going to get us to encapistan like okay. that and it takes it takes a, a whole bunch of mayors to do it well but i'll stay tuned man that that sounds awesome all right. I look forward to talking to Mayor Clinton in the future. <laughs> you too, Andrew. Thank you, man. Take care, buddy.